Hey guys, I still haven't gone to the bathroom, so like, I'm I'm like so uncomfortable in this car. But you know, I just recorded that uh, segment called a major shift, and I had mentioned in that segment that I would also go into um, being tested and how. Um, in order to, in order for you to experience that major shift where it seems like blessings are just like falling down like the sky at you, you have to recall and keep programmed in your mind the lessons from the test, the, the content, the criteria that was on that test. You need to keep that in your head. That's why I reference sometimes when I say, you know, yes, you are supposed to move forward with your life and forgive. Absolutely. But don't forget the lesson and that experience. So for me, um, the first thing that comes to my head, one of the biggest things I used to eat at my heart, uh, like I mentioned before, I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. And I would always be told to address that by people like, you know, just through walking through life, um, you know, work on what was the issue, like what, what broke your heart. But I was too busy being full of rage to actually do that part. But when I finally sat down and figured out why I was so hurt, it was because I truly was disappointed. Anger, you know, I don't, I don't know if you heard, but anger is secondary. So once I figured that out, right, it took a long time. And if you hear anything, it's because I'm rocking back and forth on this seat. Oh, my God. But um, once I addressed what it really was, and that was the fact that I was just disappointed and hurt, I was able to identify how many relationships and friendships I was in that were never like... They never served me, but because I walked around wounded, I attracted people who um, kind of disappointed me and hurt me. And by disappointment and hurt, I'm talking about like um, I had a friendship, uh, a long friendship with someone who literally did not enjoy my happiness. And, you know, I still battle with that today because I'm a black and white person. Like if it looked like a duck, it quacked like a duck, that's a duck. And um, you're not going to tell me it's a chicken. Or you're not going to come to me tomorrow and say, I know I'm a duck, but I really wanted to be a horse for you. Well, I wasn't able to gallop off into the sunset, so you were still a duck. Like, you you are physically incapable of being a duck because you're a horse. <laughs> and, like, you know, this particular friendship, not just, not just this friendship, but several friendships and relationships, I realized what I expected of them was so great that... They physically, mentally, and emotionally couldn't give it to me. And that was sad because it was human decency. I know folks ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. I know folks ain't easy. I'm not easy. But my standards and my expectations are simple, and I hold them true today. You treat me like a human, you will not only get treated like a human back, but my grace and my compassion for you will supersede with any 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 type of um, bad omen someone wants to throw on you, my, my love and my respect for you will supersede that. I'll never see your flaws if you can treat me as a human. And I find that, you know, because I was walking around wounded, I literally, my standards were so low because I was too busy focusing on the hate. I was too busy focusing on the pain. I was too busy focusing on what the real issue was and what my job on earth is here to do. And that's to rise above. I'm not a sucker. I'm not a punk. I'm not a victim. So the fact that I was walking around like that for so long, it really got me in some compromising situations. And that's no one's fault but my own. And I'm still working through that. But I say that to say, when I experienced that disappointment from my mom, certain friendships, relationships, um, 
I wouldn't deal with it because it was so familiar. I was like, you know what? I don't care. So what? You know, um, <laughs> it seemed as if people, you know, they didn't really want me around. And when they did want me around, it was to for me to cheerlead them and for them to kind of like put me down. Um, and I, you know, like I said, to this day, I feel a way about that. Like, how can you expect me to be a cheery cheerleader if you want to knock me down and like demonize me? And what I mean by demonize, I'll never um, be okay with the fact that people think that y- you can have disagreements, fallouts, disagreements, fights. Um, though they are all different. You can have a friendship relationship with someone, and it be long lasting, and you guys have a disagreement. It's when you agree to disagree, and it moves on. You don't resort to character digs, and um. Um, animosity because of something someone said my issue comes in when the person wants to tear you apart as an individual because you don't agree with what they're saying or you won't allow yourself to be a punching bag I, I, I can never get with that like that doesn't make sense to me like I have a sister the only relationship I would say in my life beside from my children and, and my and, you know I, I would also include my grandmother the only relationship that I have ever actively worked on and um, was able to build with is my sister, my baby sister, Siobhan. Me and Siobhan are sisters. So, of course, we have gotten into, what, physical fights before, right? We have really had it out. But one thing I appreciate and admire about us today, we are women now. And, and through this journey, we have been able to put God in the middle and really put aside our differences and respect and listen and hear what we have to say. That is a friendship. That is a relationship. That's that's my muse for every friend. If you find <laughs> that I cut you off, it's because you don't measure up to my baby sister. You don't measure up to the tests and the trials. Oh, and by the way, this is called being tested. <laughs> I think I already said that, but my memory's bad. But you don't measure up to the tests and the trials of my baby sister. If there's one thing about me and my sister, we may have gone hard on each other as children, keyword children, but as adults, we will sit there and we will talk to each other and we will find a medium to be able to love on each other again and again. We love each other. We respect each other. We feel safe with each other. We know that there's a time where I like to be alone and mind my business and she she likes to come and, you know, get in on my personal space and I'm like, get out of my face, move. And she'll still mess with me and she'll walk off. And I know that she doesn't like when I talk about certain things and I'll say it. She doesn't like it. She tells me, I apologize and I back off. That's because we understand each other's boundaries. So I find it impossible and really hard to believe that a lot of people say, you know, I love a person. I cherish a person, but you haven't taken the time to study that person to find out what they like and dislike. But you love and cherish and you expect for that person to lay their life down and give you everything and be happy with just anything. And you can't even have the decency, like I said, the human decency to trade this person like a human. How would you feel, you know, if um, maybe you were having a bad day and you were scared and you call and check in on the person and, you know, you also hand over more doubt and more fear. You think that person going to want to answer the phone when you call? I know I won't. If every time I talk, see, I, see, I go by patterns. If and, and, and that's a part of the test, right? God tells us to test the spirit, and don't think for one second you're not being tested on how you handle it. In the past, I remember, like I said, with this particular friendship, I remember early on, like 
thinking in order to have anyone I gotta chase I gotta be on the move I have to be the one initiating the relationship right I remember the start of this friendship when I think back was wrong because I was kind of like forcing it like hey like me I'm, I have a lot to offer I, I always wore my heart on my sleeve and I paid for that I'm still paying for that and, and, and like many of you, it's not just me. I know a lot of people that wear their heart on their sleeve and they wonder why they get so little in return. Just because you got food in your fridge don't mean you got to cook everything just to so, show folks you got food. Because trust and believe they're going to eat, right? They're going to take home some um, plates. And when you go back to clean up, you'll notice you're left with a chicken bone and a carton of milk. That's not their fault. You had it on display. You had your entire being on buffet display. So they took what they wanted. So for me, um, I was unable, not willing to see my part in this dynamic. Um, I allowed a lot of things to happen and that's because I would hear God and, you know, it, it didn't fit with what I thought my life was supposed to be or how I should handle something. So I, you know, I really just like brushed him away, but I was never, it was never in God's will for me to be treated like a doormat, but I thought it was okay to do it simply because I was too lazy to assert myself and, 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 and be bold. Those people you think are nice, those people you think are safe, those people you think are suckers and they're easygoing, they're not. They're afraid to be what God has called them to be because they know they are going to deal with some serious ramifications. They know they're going to lose family, they're going to lose friends, they're going to everything's going to change because the truth it's never intended right for it to bring folks together it's intended to cause dissension it's going to be a shift when you tell the truth and when you when you when you rise to the occasion and you be what you're called to be when I finally started speaking up for myself people oh my god like it wasn't like those lifetime movies we didn't have a heart-to-heart people really started going in they're like what how how dare you say that to me Yes, I'm saying this to you. I've noticed a pattern. You got to pay attention to patterns. When you know when when you're going through the, the, this test, we're we're always going to be tested. From the day we were born to the day we we die, we're going to be tested on spirits, on encounters, on exchanges. You're going to be tested. God is looking to see how you handle it. Like like how if you were in school, right? You guys were covering material. The material God has you um um review are the um things you have gone through that troubled you abuse um maybe financial woes poverty things like that right when he puts you in a better situation and you encounter these situations again or you know in a subtle way you feel like you're um walking down that road of some type of um memory that reminds you of some type of hardship you overcame just know that's God testing you to see where you are. Are you going to do this to another person? Are you going to help that same person? Are you going to treat this person with integrity? God's testing you in all those areas. Or better yet, there are some things God put you in advisory for. He pulled you to the side himself and he's like, listen, the way you're going about this X, Y, and Z is not right. Do this instead. You know, th- this is what it is. He's looking to see if you take those notes and apply that to your test. So for me, God was always in my ear coaching me with this friend. He was like, 
you know, from, from the jump, God told me it was not going to work. And I'm like, what? I have a lot of love to offer her. And it's not that God doesn't want you to love. It's just that some people, like all, not just some, but all of us, he has us endure what is called long suffering. Long suffering are those periods in your life where you're like, man, God, where he at? I'm going through it. He is there. He's just being a great teacher and he's watching you because he's already made his presence known. He's taught you things. God is so powerful. He will teach you something without ever uttering a word. He'll show you through a pattern. He'll make you see it again and again and again. And then you're like, okay, how come it seems you'll get hit with these epiphanies and these revelations and you'll think that your little pea-sized brain came up with it yourself, but really it's God showing you through patterns. It's not by accident. I remember one time it was a loved one in my life that every year, every year we would fall out. And I could tell you after a certain point, I could tell you how long we was going to be cool until we fell out. And at that point, I said, okay, this is pathetic. Not just because of the person, but on my end too. Girl, what is it about you that you would keep doing things? It's, it's insanity when you keep going through the same thing over and over and over. And that's when I said, you know what? God is telling me I'm going to see this for the rest of my life. I need to build up my mental. I need to stop being a sucker. <laughs> I need to stop being a victim because God is showing me I will never escape the snare of the enemy. He's going to try me. You're going to be tested. So the best thing you can do is use the word, your, your word. Your Bible, your scripture is your cheat sheet. That's how you're able to work through the test. And I would hear that. My grandma always would tell me that. And I, used to, I, I say this all the time. I used to be like, Grandma, why are you always trying to blow me off and tell me to open the Bible? She'd be like, well, Jazz, how else are you able to maneuver? I'm like, well, that. And when I started taking her advice, and I said, man, God don't really know. Because if he really knew, he would tell me, you know, he would tell me the answers, what I would say to myself. He would just tell me right now. First of all, if God was to speak how we speak to us, we would lose our minds. <laughs> that's, that's first off. But when I started reading the word, like I said, it's so many resources here for us today, y'all. When we're in the midst of a test that is <laughs> the fact that we still choose to lose and fail the test, it's on us. I'm telling you. I told y'all it's a website called Open Bible. And if you find yourself, let's say, for example, me. I told you I had issues with my mother. I was like, man, God don't know about this because he's talking about honor thy mother and father. And I don't know both of them. So I don't know what he's going to do for me. Man, I didn't know that not only does it say to honor your mother and father, but he has several scriptures that pertain to parents and children having conflict. When I read that, I was like, wait, God gets me then. He knows me. The more and more, or like better yet, if you're battling things, you're unable to see yourself. He has so much material to review to help better equip you that, like I said, you can just, if you are not the type, oh, I don't want to go through the Bible. Y'all, openbible.com. Go on there. Type in what you're struggling with. He has scripture for you. He has word for you. There's nothing new under the sun. Everything we're experiencing today, it's been there, done that. He's already seen that. And people have overcame it. It is so amazing to me that, <laughs> like I said, while I was being tested, you know, I didn't peep it at first because I was so caught up. It reminds me of when I was in school. And my teacher would teach. And if I didn't understand something, I would just drift off and, oh, I'm going to go home. 
give me a strawberry donut. Give me some pizza. I wonder if my mother made some peanut butter cookies. I would just be so distracted. And the next thing you know, time's up. I failed my test and I'm, I'm mad at my teacher and I'm embarrassed that I have to come home and show my mom when in actuality, God was in my ear the entire time I was being tested in real life. He would tell me things like, don't, don't do that. I'm like, what? Why not? It's just this, right? I'm trying to explain it to God, the almighty, the all knowing. I'm trying to tell him what I'm trying to do as if my expectations and what I want supersedes his will. We're going to be tested forever. It's your job. You can't expect mom, dad, grandma, auntie, uncle to discern what your test is. You have, you'll know on your own. Because depending on what your test is, like I said before, that's where you'll have to go back and help. Like right now. So um, and I have some scripture for you too. But like right now, I am going to start a new job soon. When I tell y'all I'm so excited, y'all. Um, I've been trying to get with this company for like three years. Um, I realized now why I was unable to get it. Guys, I don't know where I left off at because, like I told you, I had all that coffee. Then I had that water and I had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> but uh, I think I was talking about how I've been trying to get this job for a long time. And three years ago, I wasn't in a space to have that job. I would have, um, left prematurely because of my inability to accept what his tests were. I didn't like what I was being tested on, and I felt like I was above the test. So I'm like, listen, I'm so above this test, God. I don't even want you to give it to me no more because I, I, I get it. I get it. But yet and still, when tested with said uh, subjects, I would, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I passed those tests because, for example, certain things were patterns, right? And like uh, everywhere I went. I dealt with bullies like that's one of the biggest things I've had to conquer in life is learning how to not just address or stand up to a bully but also learn that until God comes back you will be dealing with bullies and it's like a, for, for those that have been bullied since childhood I'm speaking to you guys right now y'all know that's a nightmare that'll never end you know back in the day when you was a kid you're like all right well shoot I'm going to see my bully in the morning. If I could just get through the morning, bam, I ain't got to see him again till tomorrow morning. <laughs> and then you like, dang. So like every minute that you're free from this affliction, you're like soaking it in and you're resting. Because when you face that bully, it's anxiety, it's stress, it's anger, it's rage. It's so many things beating you over the head when faced with your bully. Your bully could be your boss, your mother, your father, your friend, your sister, your cousin, whoever in your life. Um, is trying to emotionally, mentally, and physically um, paralyze you. That's your bully. See, I had several bullies. And what I realized is through patterns, what God was trying to tell me, you're going to have people with narcissistic traits, um, bully, bullying traits for the rest of your life because that's your enemy. That's Satan, right? He is the biggest bully. We don't want to accept that. We want to think like, oh, God is God and the devil is the devil. And we just live through it. No, you're going to be tested on it. It's hard work. Y'all, listen to me right now. Listen to me. Dealing with bullies. One thing I've learned, and, I, and, I'm, and a lot of this is coming to me even now. I'm 26. I've been getting bullied for 26 years. <laughs> You've been getting bullied for 26 years, 36 years, 56, however old you are, right? And correct me if I'm wrong. 
when you deal with a bully, like I said, that just came to me. The anxiety, the fear, the anxiousness, the nervousness, the rage. Because you, re- you really want to try to go for what you know and knock their head clean off their shoulders. But for some reason, you can't. And it's almost like God is saying, no, you need my word. You need me. You can't beat this. Because what I realized about the bully, the bully don't even want to do what they don't. But their hatred, their disdain, their resentment is so strong and it has grown um, in their heart so deep that they can't even stop being what they are, is what I realized. So the only thing that can set both parties free, the victim and the bully, got to be the word of God. And see, at the time when I was a child, like I said, I think the worst encounter I had with a bully It would have to be that guy when I was in seventh grade every morning, he would just mess with me. And looking back, he had a crush on me. And what's funny is the young man later in life, he um, would do the same to many girls and did it to the wrong girl. And her brother wore him out, right? Beat him up real bad, humbled him a little bit. And we had a conversation, you know, I addressed him about what he used to do. He doesn't remember. Then he came back and said, oh, it wasn't like that. You know, I was just playing with you. No, I actually don't. Because we didn't have a relationship for me to know what the depth and range of our relationship was for me to even take that as jokes. I just know you would insult me every day. And you were talking to an already fiery 12-year-old who was ready to fight, ready to bang. And you got cussed out. I mean, I, I think I told this story before in here. I used to cuss him out. So bad, me and his sisters were friends or, or associates, tight associates. And she would say, Jasmine, if you say something about my mother, I'd be like, so-and-so, talk to your brother then. Because your brother talking reckless to me. And I'm not going to sit here, I mean, every day. It was almost like, this is what the pattern God was showing me. And, and I know God is showing me this. He was popular. Like I mentioned on my last segment, a major shift. These people that are popular, you got to watch them. These people that's well-known, you got to watch them. America's favorite, you got to watch them. Because these people have that Jezebel spirit attached to them. What is a Jezebel spirit? It's a spirit that gets by on looks, seduction, charisma. These people really don't have much to offer. They know how to act apart, look apart, and they are master manipulators. They are bullies. They are abusive. They are narcissistic. Okay, trust me. Do your homework on it. I know I'm not tripping. But one thing I've noticed, because the guy was popular. I'm going to call him Nico. I probably just gave it away right there. I'm going to call him Nico. Nico was very popular. His family was popular around the neighborhood, okay? Um, I would say, overall, most of us, if we didn't fear them, we knew that to fall out with these people meant a war because they had a large family okay so you were never fighting with one person you were probably fighting over 60 people they had cousins out the out the out the out what they say the wazoo they had cousins everywhere brothers sisters i mean and they didn't fight fair which is fine because when it comes to me and my sisters and my siblings i don't fight fair okay i wasn't backing down all right and when i tell you what was painful it wasn't that he had an army because at that point in time he was insulted i mean every day i'm not talking about the typical oh your clothes are funny you look funny i mean he was calling me all kind of b-i-t-c-h 
um, HOEs, didn't know nothing about me, right? It got ugly. Like, I mean, just like he was calling me out my name, I was calling him out his name. Shoot, it got to the point where I said, well, if it's that deep, let's go outside. I had four boys before. That wouldn't have been the first guy for it. He'd have been like the third. <laughs> like, so it was, it was nothing. But what God was trying to show me, if I had a sat back and examined, right? He was trying to show me a pattern and a, and a dynamic. Like I said, I was being bullied, okay? <laughs> um, several people, if I were to get them on this segment with me, they will attest that I ain't had to say nothing sometimes. They didn't have to say anything sometimes. We were just targeted prey. Simply because we didn't have that demonic, bullying, conquering spirit on us. That's real talk. If you notice, I'm not saying you a saint, but if you notice, if you find yourself constantly in a situation when you're bu being bullied, and if you address them and say, you know, why do you do the things you do? Because I, I don't know. I just don't like you. you. It's your clothes. They'll always say it's something superficial. Or you lame, right? They'll say you're lame. They'll say you're a loser. Let me tell you. It's because of your spirit. I am so tired of people saying, oh, there's good and bad people, but even the bad people can be fixed. Hey, listen, real talk. Then why, why is heaven a hell of a thing? Yes, people can be fixed, but you got to accept that some people enjoy dissension. They enjoy evil. And I don't know who he is today. He probably changed. Um, from the sounds of it, he is changing. I won't crucify him for doing his work because I don't want nobody crucify me. But what I can say is back in the day, he enjoyed dissension. And it took love. It took that, that, that work alone with God that I always talk about. Being alone and just meditating on the test, meditating on the patterns for me to accept and understand what his situation was. Remember I said his sister would watch me get insulted and it wasn't until I fought back that she would say, Jasmine, like, no, you can't do that. And that's when I started to understand. I said, okay, hold up, hold, hold up. No one's jumping in my defense. And in a sick way, I understood because I was going up against somebody that had the power to, if they wanted to get my behind jumped. Okay. They had the power to rally so many people against me. Right. At the time, I was not deep in my word. No, I was not. So the only thing that kept me from committing suicide, um, breaking down, um, I, and I still suffered in ways because I stopped going to school. It was one of the reasons early on I had stopped going to school. I didn't feel comfortable coming home and telling my mom what was going on because the first thing my mom would have done is try to go and physically fight their family. And their family is so large. Like, I'm trying to tell you guys, like, I don't want my mom, <laughs> regardless of us getting along or not, I don't want nobody to hurt my mom or, or hurt my siblings. Um, There was a time in my life, and I still do it, the way I feel about my siblings, like, I can literally cry right now. The way I feel about my siblings, my kids, the things I'm willing to do to preserve their safety, <laughs> I'm going to leave it like that. So, I thought about... I was strategic. I thought long and hard about what the repercussions would be to go along with it. So I said, why not me? He's talking to me that he's going to have to see me. So every day it was exhausting to go back and forth. And I finally said to myself, okay, this is a pattern. What can I do 
to make this easier because obviously the fight, my approach to this fight is not working. It's not working. I separated myself. See, my pride had me sitting by him every day. That's the funny part. My pride had me sitting by this gentleman every day because I could tell he got a... And I think, like I said, in hindsight being 2020, I get what the deal was with this gentleman. He was... And this is proof. This is true. Like, this is not me making it up or assuming. I didn't realize that this gentleman, Nico, was being abused in his household. He was being bullied. He was being mistreated. He was impoverished. The same things he would mock and ridicule other people for, he was experiencing himself. And it took me having to see in life, like just having an open heart, looking at things for what they were, separating my pride and emotions from the circumstances to see. He was so hurt, a hurt child that couldn't do nothing else but hurt others because that's what he was bred around see me that wasn't the case childhood wasn't perfect for me but I wasn't in a household where um nastiness was promoted as a matter of fact if you came to the kitchen table with my grandmother acting like you weren't going to speak or being a decent human being you were not going to eat and you were going to get smacked in your mouth so it's quite the opposite so it makes sense that he chose me it makes perfect sense that he chose others like me because we were not the same we were different, and it was clear. I didn't carry the same burdens he carried. You know, we lived in a trailer park. So a lot of those individuals I had issues with, it, it, it was mainly due to me not wanting to conform and me not wanting to um, follow behind people because they, they didn't feel safe. They didn't feel secure. Like, people don't know. Trailer parks are actually very goddamn ghetto. Trailer parks are, are and, and you know another thing that I think people don't understand, I'm not trying to discriminate against all trailer parks, it's a lot of sex offenders around there. A lot of registered sex offenders. Because um, mobile homes, I believe they're more willing to uh, intake uh, sex offenders than like a regular complex. Um, so like, it, it was very dangerous. And, you know, we got made fun of for living in trailers. You had children who lived in like neighborhoods over... Like, like, two neighborhoods over who lived in, like, gorgeous, I mean, mini mansions, and they would laugh at us. But me, I'm bred different, okay? I was raised to believe you got a roof over your head, food, clean clothes, you got it good. So, it never, the way it infiltrated his spirit to hear those things and coupled with things he was already experiencing, it didn't hurt me the way it hurt him. So, you know, and that came later, having that compassion for him, later, later down the road. Because even now... I find myself getting real emotional, a little angry a little bit because he was talking to somebody. If he had the human decency, which he probably didn't, I was battling some things of my own too. Maybe not on a superficial level, maybe not on a vain, you know, a vanity standpoint, but I still was battling things and I wasn't going back down. You know, I can be really tenacious. Like it, it could be 50 people against me. I'm not going back down and that could be dangerous. And like I said, my pride, even though we would argue every morning, I would not move. I would still <laughs> sit where I was sitting. And I think it angered that spirit. I'm not going to say it angered him. It angered that Jezebel spirit. Because the Jezebel spirit's agenda wants to break you. It wants to see you break. It wants to see you broken. It wants to see you destroyed. I think he knew that despite my tears, I wasn't hurt 
he knew I wanted to, <laughs> he knew I was not scared. He knew I was about it. And he's looking at it like this girl, you know, nobody's defending her. N nobody is here with her and she's not, she's not listening. She's not going to just let me do whatever. It got to a point where, um, you know, down the road, like I said, you know, he and I, I guess we made amends and he would say, you know, you were such a nice person. And that's despite me. And listen, the way I cussed out this man, I don't think I ever cussed nobody out the way I cussed out uh, of this guy. And I would say, mm-hmm, yeah. I, I didn't say thank you because I knew that. I already knew that about myself. Now, I struggled through the years because um, when you endure, people got to listen to what. Because I'm out here talking to y'all on the podcast. What they doing over there? I'm about to go in the house messing around with some Coral Hills. But um, I didn't need his... um compliments i didn't need his reassurance that was a nice person i struggled through the years because another thing i noticed jezebel spirits do through patterns through being tested these people will use your reaction which is called reactive abuse they will abuse you and when you respond to it like i know a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago you know i had somebody try to set me up and how do i know they were trying to set me up they have a pattern of this <laughs> that's how I know they tried to set me up doing something they had no business doing something wrong in general and they thought I was looking at it they, they thought I was trying to put them under a magnifying glass and ha I got you you did it wrong they put their stuff on me I kirked out because I look I was I'm already dealing with a lot I'm about to start a new job okay I'm nervous about it because this job is in a sober house as you know, I'm 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 sober. You know, I'm only two years sober, so I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited nonetheless. I got my own personal stuff, okay? To be worried about with you, John, Day Day. I don't care what y'all doing. I got my own struggles, <laughs> okay? Struggles that I get on here and talk to y'all about every chance I get. So I'm I'm annoyed for real. I ain't gonna lie. I I, I kirked off on the person. I didn't kirk off, but I raised my voice. They was like, um, are you mad? I said, mad. I said, man, I got my own struggles. I said, anybody think about you? I said, did you think for one second to say, maybe I'm overwhelmed? Stop basing your, st stop worrying about me. Worry about you. Stop trying to deflect. And that's what I noticed people with a Jezebel spirit do. They will deflect anything but deal with their own stuff. Anything but that. And I can't get with it. <laughs> I can't get with it. But what God has shown me through the years, and that's why I say being tested is so important to pay attention. Even if you think you might not know the answer, just sit back and be quiet. Put a muzzle on your mouth. Because God could also, in the wake of the test, he still could be giving you the answer if you just sit back and observe. What I'm noticing is God is having me deal with things that I've already conquered but from different angles so if you are a rape survivor right you got through it you might be stable you might be maintaining right but he might have you go back and talk to the rapist and you'll be like no god never and he wouldn't have me go back oh yeah he would yeah he would you'd be surprised the way god works sometimes the very people that imprison you when you break free you got to go back and free them and that's a word and I'm dealing with that. You're going to deal with that. We're all going to deal with that. And that's the greatest test. The greatest test is overlooking the pride. Like I told you before, I sat by him every day. 
that guy Nico, and he was giving me hell every day. Keyword hell, right? And I just wouldn't move. <laughs> I wouldn't move. I called it pride. I still think it's pride, but really, it's just God. I, I, I had unshake. I, I was just. I had His anointing on me, so He couldn't break me. And that became a job for him. Every time we saw each other, I mean, I watched him get restless trying to break me and he couldn't do it. You're, we're called to do great things, guys. And, and the only way we'll see it, we have to fight the demons. What are the demons? Oh, we can't see them. Right. You can't see them because they do a good job hiding. They're the things you don't want to talk about. They're the things that make you ashamed. They're the things that make you scared. They are the things that make you not want to get out the bed in the morning. Those are your demons. They can't show up in true form. God wouldn't do that to you. He knows it would drive you mad if you saw what they look like. So they hide through insecurities, pride, narcissistic attributes, pain, shame, abuse, sexual violation. That's where they hide at. And God needs you to fight through that. He wants you to pass the test, which is why sometimes he will come and give you the answers himself like a great teacher. Because he knows that you will come back and revisit this material. You will see it again. Don't think. Why do you see like a lot of abused victims turn around and they become advocates? What do you think the focal point of their advocacy is about? It's about delivering the people from what they endured. When Moses was convicted, tried, broke free, he came back and did what? Did the same. Break other prisoners free. That's what God has you do. And like because of our pride sometimes, our resistance, we can't get through it because we're ashamed. I was ashamed of a lot of things. I was ashamed to admit that I was ever bullied in the first place because I have such a tenacious personality. I, um, the thought that someone had one up on me is painful sometimes for me to digest. And it's pride. I, I will admit that to y'all's pride. Like I, the thought... Like deep down, it took me a long time to realize I, I was a good person. I was a nice person because every time I turned around, <laughs> you know, once you endure abuse, you become hyper vigilant for that. You see it everywhere. Or you think you see it everywhere sometimes. And you have a tendency to, to just lash out and you on guard and you ready to do whatever. And it isn't until God works on your heart. And he shows you who you really are. Not all of it is bad. Sometimes sometimes God shows you that innocence. Like I said, God can see us at an angle that most can't. So whereas your friends and your family are like, oh my God, you terrible. We writing you off. God will, in, in private, in quiet time, will show you you love animals. You love to nurture animals. You love to nurture, na nurture nature. You love to help people. You love to, in your quiet time, play with your dogs. Like, there's an innocence about you that, that keeps God in your, you know, keeps God wanting to keep you around, to keep you, um, trust you with assignment. We're all on assignment. And for me, like I said, I understand that everywhere where I, I've ever felt shame, God, God wants me to go back, but with a new mind. A transformed mind. I can't go back to um, the person that hurt me and beat them up. Like I said, I had a conversation with somebody. I mean, we all, we've all had people do us a certain way. I'm not special. Nobody's special. But I will never forget what that gentleman told me when he said, you know, Jasmine, I did whatever I did. And I apologize for it, but I won't be bound. I respected that because that's what it's about. You can't. Make another person bound. That's in a way judging them. That's God's job. You know, God has the power to, you know, dissect and determine what everyone's 
fair trial should be, what everyone's test should be, what everyone's judgment should be. But, guys, this year, if you want to enjoy your year and your years to come, stop running from your test. Sit there, even if you don't have nothing to say. Don't let pride get in the way. And while you're being tested, whether that's with your temper, that's me. I'm always getting tested with my temper. God dang. And I think it's because deep down inside, I do have understanding and compassion. But I do fight those days where my compassion and being understanding got me put in situations where I look like a sucker. <laughs> I think we all can relate to that. Because that's at the root of the temper. You you want to have a heart and love for people. But because you have a history of being... um treated like a doormat that rage takes over i mean truth be told that's why i don't have friends <laughs> i don't have friends i'm building new friends and i'm learning to kind of channel in that energy because in the past i realized a lot of things i had um falling out with friends over a simple conversation would probably have changed it all but because i have such a terrible terrible temper right Oh my God, when I tell you, God himself had to intervene some days. Because somebody could do something, you know, maybe the world deems it as small. I look at it like a major violation. I would probably cuss you and your mother out. And then y'all to come to my house. Because the, the violation, in my opinion, would be so severe. Like, it, it's so deep. But that's not right. Because what it is, is I'm making one person pay for several people I've ever had it out with. I'm inadvertently misplacing my answer, my, my anger on people who did one thing wrong. And that's crazy because someone could do the same to me. I, I make mistakes. What if someone cursed me out for that? I have to, you have to take the test, all the lessons we've learned, and apply that to every circumstance today. How do you do it? You sit there and you observe and you be patient and shut up. I know it's hard. I'm the same way. I, I back talk. I'm the same way. I, I you know, something triggers me. <laughs> I got to get to hold my hands. I got to rub my legs because it triggered you. You're not wrong for your body and your mental, you know, trying to indicate something's wrong. That's not wrong. What's wrong is how you deal with it. And God has so much in the Bible. I'm so mad I didn't put no scripture. Dang, how did I talk about a test and not give y'all no scripture about anger? But I do have scripture for you. Let me cut on my flashlight. Let me in the car, y'all. Okay, this is James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So like I was saying... I also have 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I know for me, with everything that's going on, like I said, my new job, I'm excited about that. I know I'm going to be tested there. Uh, I, I think of my stepdad when I uh, think about tests for real. I remember what my stepdad told me when I first got baptized, and I thought it was going to be sweet. How many people seen Pumpkinhead? 
Who remember on Pumpkinhead when the man went and got that spell casted on the people that killed his son? The witch told him, oh, what you thought? It was going to be easy and painless. <laughs> I thought getting baptized meant I was going to have, like, the, the Christian spiritual juice. I thought that meant, like, I was going to be safe. Like, can't nobody touch me. Yeah, in a sense, you still were going to be touched, though. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And I remember my father came in there and said, he was like, you do know you're going to be tested. And I'm thinking, like, God damn, I thought I went and got baptized. How am I still going to get tested? <laughs> tested to know where you are with God and in the Word. I've come a long way, but it's still hard, y'all. Like, I know right now, I'm walking someone through something they would never have walked me through and probably still won't. And I know that's God. That's God, like... Keep encouraging this person. Keep loving on this person. I'm like, no, but I, I do it because it's the test. God is looking. That, that's, that's ultimately how you receive your award, your blessing, how you handle this test. How are you going to treat the person who killed your family member when they're in trouble? How are you going to treat this person that abused your family member when they're in trouble? How are you going to treat the person that took everything you owned? How are you going to treat the person that took your innocence, raped you, beat you, abused you, um, stolen opportunities from you? God is looking at that. Vengeance is his. That is not your job. And that's the hardest part through the text. You thinking that you have the right to go and avenge yourself. Like I said, this friendship that I reference all the time, oh, it hurt. It cut deep. Because I put so much love into this person and I felt suckered. I felt sucker. Oh, I hated it. What it did was open a wound that wasn't finished healing. And when I sat there and I did my work, I let God speak to me. I, I allowed myself to be, you know, ripped naked, stripped naked in front of God. I realized it wasn't the person. It was the spirit behind the person, what it represented. It represented that bully that I kept ducking. We think because sometimes we get the opportunity to fight, physically fight our bullies that we won. You really didn't win anything, but you became the very thing you were trying to avoid being. And that was someone who was abusive in nature. A lot of people ain't going to like that I said that. Because I, I didn't like hearing that either, that people would tell me, or my grandma would tell me, you think you're doing something cussing this person out? And I'd be like, yeah, because they, they cussed me out. She said, you became them. You are them now. And I'm like, I didn't even look at it like that. I said, how am I? No, this person, if you think about what drives a bully to do what they're doing, they're trying to get some power back. And isn't that what us people that have been violated are trying to do also? We're trying to get that power back. We, we, we're tired of being knocked down. But that's the way of, the, of this world. That's, that's, that's the life we live. You are going to get knocked down. And, and don't think for one second God don't love the bullies. That's the crazy part. God loves the abusers. He loves them so much that he will turn around and have his chosen go back and try to get them. To get them to see. You know, God kept telling me last week, sight beyond the eyes. He kept saying sight beyond the eyes. And I was like, what? Then I thought about what my friend told me about her mom. Her mom being blind. And her mom says... She can feel and see better than she ever she ever has. And that was like confirmation to what God was telling me. Sight beyond the eyes. Guys, we can't always rely on what we see out of our eyes. It's what we feel. 
spirit, you can't see spirit. Okay? Spirit is transparent. You can only feel it. And one thing I can say is, you know, everybody calls themselves an empath. That's a big trendy word now. Everybody swear they empath. Not everybody an empath. Because when you find out what really comes along being an empath, a lot of us would, would, would gladly renounce it. Because being an empath means you even feel the rapist. You even feel the abuser. Okay? You have a heart for the people that the world has casted off. And there's penalty for that. For going back and rescuing those people. Because they belong to God also. That's a part of the test. Are you willing to be ostracized for helping the very people that God that, that, that the world says is over, they're done with? But God's like, no, I still have purpose for this person. Do you have the strength to do that? These tests are not, if you think about it, your teacher would never give a first grader sixth graders work. So anything God is presenting to you, you've seen it already. You just saw it at a different angle different um time different perspective but you've seen this thing before your ability to weather the test weather the storm will pretty much give you a clue or um understanding if you'll be able to actually live a peaceful life can you coexist with these very things can you live with the fact that Maybe your darkest nightmare was true. Maybe you were never loved. And can you still go out and love? Um, let me know what you think. So I need to take a shower. Because when I be talking to y'all, I be sweating real bad. I ain't mean for this to be an hour long. But how many of you guys understand that your entire life is a test? How many of you guys feel like you're struggling in areas? Like I said, this podcast is not for me to talk at you. You can talk back to me. Let me know what you think. I have to shower now. Because when I talk to y'all, I be so excited and stuff. I be sweating and God dang it. And them hoodlums, they finally left. Every time I record and talk to y'all, they be out here. Let me know what y'all think. <laughs>